0: And we are very pleased today to bring you two guests Uh, amongst the topics we'll be getting into are things such as the UFO sightings, Uh, not to mention, I'm wondering what uh, a neurobiologist, cognitive scientist has to say about our um, excesses during the COVID phase of the lockdown era. Lionel is with us. He's a talk radio veteran, trial lawyer, former prosecutor. You can find him uh, LionelMedia.com, also his YouTube at Lionel Nation, and then Mark Dangizi. He is a theoretical cognitive scientist, founder of Free X. He has a degree in physics and math from UVA, PhD in math from Maryland. He has a theoretical neurobiology degree from Caltech, multiple books, lots to talk about. You can find him at changizi.com, C-H-A-N-G-I-Z-I.com, and his YouTube of the same name. Let's get right to it. Our laws as it pertain to substances are draconian and bizarre. Psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous You can spend thousands of dollars trying to look a few years younger, or you can skip all of that hassle and go with what works. Genucel skincare. Care. is the secret to better skin. In fact, you might have witnessed the astonishing effects of Genucel during a recent unplanned moment on our show, when just a little genucel XV restored my skin within minutes right before your eyes. That's how fast these products work.
1: I know I'm a snob about the products I use on my face. Everybody knows it. Every time I go to the dermatologist's office, they're just rows and rows of different creams. And then when I get to the counter, they're overpriced. All kinds of products that you can all find at GenuCell.com.
0: Susan and I love GenuCell so much, we've created our own bundles so you can try our favorite anti-wrinkle treatments, correcting serums, and ultra-retinol creams. Just go to GenuCell.com slash Drew. Use the code Drew for an extra discount and free priority shipping. Again, that is GenuCell.com slash Drew, g e n u c e l dot com slash D-R-E-W. So as I said, I'm anxious to get to our guest today. I'm going to reintroduce you to my gentlemen that are going to join me. Lionel's a talk radio host veteran. He's a lawyer, a trial lawyer, a former prosecutor, a pioneer podcasting as well. And you can find his website, lionelmedia.com, and also find his YouTube channel at, at lionel nation mark is a theoretical cognitive scientist as i said founder of free x degrees in physics math phd in math he uh, fellowship in theoretical neurobiology at caltech multiple books uh, you can see him on tv Shangizi.com, c-h-a-n-g-i-z-i and the youtube is mark Shangizi. let's bring both the gentlemen in if you could caleb right now gentlemen thank you oh mark's first Uh, and I just, I, there we have everybody. Lionel, I'm going to talk to Mark for a minute. And, um, I, I'm thinking, I, am I, am I being too, uh, harsh to say that you're a skeptic Lionel and that maybe you too many years sitting in, in trial, listening to experts, being willing to say just about anything has made you a skeptic. Is that a fair, fair way of framing your opposite opposite the opposite Tell oh me. no
2: no i believe everything i have no i have no differential ability to to not believe it. i believe in every no 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 skeptic skeptic is another word for jerk are you kidding thank th- okay. no, no no i'm i'm not a okay. skeptic
0: okay excellent so you're you're we'll just say just not a jerk and uh we'll <laughs> just we'll just leave it at that since they are the same word they're the same thing uh but uh, i'll let you uh go for a second Lana, while i talk to mark uh mark you're uh Pedigree is ridiculous, obviously, and it'd be interesting to talk to you about so many different things. Um, I I do want to get into, if you don't mind, some of the um, excesses of the last three or four years and your sort of assessment of that. I know we're going to talk about these patterns of UFO sightings and where you think that might be coming from. But let, let me just... Um, just ask, do you, first of all, do you, is this something you're ready to talk willing to talk about sort of what just sort of in, in broad strokes, what, what kind of cognitive distortions we've we been living through in the last three years?
3: Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, it was a nightmare. And, you know, early March, uh, for those of us that saw this as a collective hysteria, as I did, um, we were all alone, we were saying this is crazy. And I I pinned ever since March, March seventeenth, This tweet on Twitter that just says, uh, the moral of coronavirus 19 will end up being that social contagion, sort of memes, that is ideas traveling through people's brains, will be much more dangerous than biological contagion, i.e. viruses. Um, It's exactly the kinds of, um, these kinds of collective hysteria as these group thinks when they sweep through, all of the democides, the genocides, the crimes against humanity um, are really ultimately due to these kinds of sweeps. Yes, they sometimes sweep in on their backs, dictators, and we remember it by virtue of this dictator. And most of us, the naive story is the dictator did all this, top down. It's never like that. Uh, dictators without the masses beating as one are impotent. They're, they're like the, the new you know, dictator of the week in some tin pot you know, uh, third world country. Everybody just sort of shrugs when there's the new, you know, the new dictator of the week. Those don't typically cause the kinds of problems that we saw uh, in early March. And uh, we were, you know, I was just all alone because I hadn't found other people in what we now call team reality. Uh, so it's been three years where I've spent all of my time, started a research institute, done almost 400 videos of my science moment series, which was beginning just on science. And actually, when COVID hit, I was on like episode 50, you know, in this sort of science moment series. And I just, I didn't know how to continue it. I was like, I can't just continue doing the same old science. It would be like artists during World War II. In Nazi Germany, just still doing landscapes or whatever the heck they were doing beforehand yes, and not yes. changing. And after about six months, I realized, you know, not only is this the scariest thing that uh, if you really understand what's going on, this is the scariest thing you've ever seen. And we didn't really think this could happen in mm-hmm. the West. We thought if it happens in the West, it's going to happen to Germans because they're really harsh, you know, and, or it happens in you know, China because they're a faraway communist people and we don't understand them. Or it happens in Iran, where my family comes from. My wife is Iranian. My dad was Iranian because it's somehow Islamic, but it couldn't happen to us because we're totally different, right? No, it it's all the same human psychosocial forces, and so uh, I sort of uh, uh, devoted a lot of my research since then in trying to understand these kinds of emergent emergent psychosocial forces that explain these kinds of sweeps and the origins of uh, all of the democides and crimes against humanity, which really. Um, a follow from all of these sorts of things and free expression and censorship are all part of this because if you want to understand why free expression works you have to understand it as an emergent system uh, rather than kind of the very simple linear viewpoint that a lot of people have and they have got their well intention they say well yeah why should we let people say false things let's just make sure that people on social media only say true things right that's a very kind of like there's a lot of intuition behind that right so a lot of what i do as a kind of an emergent theorist or you know the kind of person who's good at understanding complex evolved emergent phenomena in various kinds of domains uh is trying to understand these kinds of socio-political forces in those sorts of ways and explaining to the public
0: yes i i, I get it so um a ton of questions follow on from that i'm going to sort of pile a couple together uh, i started thinking i i was telling some uh sort of millennials i guess i saying you know you guys ought to, think of this as like you like you live through a war. And then I started thinking, well, war is kind of like this, isn't it? It is kind of a meme contagion of bad, good, must go, save, whatever that sort of collective is that causes a group of people to go commit atrocities and violence going both directions. It is also very, very, would you say it's very similar to what set up this situation?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean the, this. I mean it. It, war, it warped over, it morphed over time. You know, I, I really think the inception of this was somewhere around March 11th of 2020. There seemed to be a phase change. It was building for a few weeks. And, you know, uh, it almost happened back with H1N1 and with swine flu. You could kind of see it building, but then it petered out. And when that mm-hmm. kind of virality, meme virality, just like your tweets. You know, you can tweet 10,000 tweets, and you you can't predict which one's going to go viral. Uh, It depends on uh, the reactions of of hundreds of thousands or millions of other people who, you know, which you don't have control of. Same for this kind of meme virality. But it's certainly much more likely in the cases of uh, pandemics and infection and cooties and these kinds of natural reactions that people have. We're sort of set up to myself. So, you know, if if it was a bunch of locusts that were attacking us, let's say uh, it would have not led to social cohesion destruction of the social cohesion we would have all come together worked or it happens to all of this all the time actually you get it when you're in a snowstorm and you've got three feet and everything's closed for a week and you all have to dig out and you all work together and cook for each other whatever there's a kind of uh, nice communal feeling and everybody enjoys that right? yeah but it doesn't yeah. doesn't cut at the at, at all of the uh, of the uh, network uh, uh, strings that hold a, a community together. But infection does, and fear of infe- infection does, and it is something that we have innate. Um, uh, uh, we have a very strong innate disgust and social disgust and and food disgust or gross things disgust really intermingle quite a bit. And so a lot yeah. of you know this is one of the things that I've talked about. A lot of the beliefs of the COVID cult, as I call it. Once you fell into this religion by virtue of the group thing that started meeting as one, this kind of collective hysteria, whole suites of a dozen or so um, totally irrational beliefs became 100% obvious to them. Because everybody in their community, all of these high reputation people in their networks, which are usually independent sources of information, and so it's reasonable to believe them, suddenly began saying the same thing. And so they came to believe them, just like we all come to believe stuff, because high reputation people say them, except that the network broke during this period of time. The network broke. The usual independent sets of opinions that are meaningful suddenly were no longer meaningful. They were all basically one voice, not many. But it but it just leads to a, this positive feedback loop, and they all began believing these same kinds of crazy beliefs concerning uh, a relatively mild uh, for almost everybody uh, virus.
0: So let me uh, say three things. One, two, two questions. One is. I'm going to put it at the beginning here, which is: Were you surprised that the entire world got caught up in this, or everybody except Africa? Number one. Number two. Uh, my friends in finance, when I was sort of trying to figure out, I, the constant thought bubble over my head is: What is going on? What is going on? I would ask my friends in finance, and they go, "That's my business. It's what I do all the time. Finance is all about the behavior of crowds. This will rem- this will remit. It will reverse. It's a behavior of crowd. It's Le Bon." And is and is the extraordinary uh, madness of crowds still pertinent today? That was all being rejected, interestingly, I thought. That was sort of being reconsidered, at least, around the time of the outbreak. Now, Le Bon, who wrote about the French Revolution, seems like exactly spot on. So, A, is fi- are there are three questions embedded in this. One is, surprise, the whole world got it. Two, is financial market behavior the same crazy behavior we just saw, just on a different scale? And three is Le Bon's madness of crowd actually pretty much close to what happens?
3: Yeah, I, I think that it, it is exactly what happened. And these things aren't new. Um, uh, they happen at many hierarchical scales. They happen in economics uh, with certain kinds of economic fads, certain kinds of things that people are suddenly buying. They happen in just you know your neighborhood, part of your town. The ladies only wanna wear Lululemon, whereas another part of town, they're all wearing fancy things everywhere they go. And these are all sort of micro little uh, Microcultures where these memes have spread, and once they've come to spread, they typically have virtue signals, which signal this is a virtuous kind of behavior, and they come up with post hoc justification, okay. Oh, good. There we are. are. Are are potentially healthy or not unhealthy? But what we saw uh, uh, is always happened. Got a little in some uh, other other faraway country uh not uh in a world that's now networked together and of course uh africa won't be in this once they're fully connected on on the network um Mm. next time if it happens
0: so that that is the issue it it is the the speed of information or memes or whatever it is that's flowing through the world electronically and these extraordinary new communication i guess we should call them uh channels or uh, I guess what the French call tributaries, Rizot. They call them rivers. <laughs> and I, th- I thought yeah. when I uh, came upon their description, of that's a pretty interesting description of how things flow in social media. Um, I want to bring, uh, we have, still haven't gotten to the UFO stuff yet, but I want to bring in Lionel to see if he has anything to comment on the heels of what you've just said there. Lionel, I know you've been listening quietly. What are your thoughts?
2: I'm fascinated by how... If, if I were watching my planet from someplace else, speaking of UFOs, and I was trying to explain mm-hmm. to them, these critters, I would say, now watch this. First and foremost, fear motivates us. But wait a little mm-hmm. bit. Wait until the intellectuals rise to the top and try to explain our aberrant behavior. And then... Wait until you hear these internecine fighting. And then we have the maskers and the mask holes and people who, after the fact, will still drive around wearing a mask in their car by themselves. And how this moment, this moment that we hated, we rebelled, what's interesting is not the not the, the the intellectuals who fought this. And by the way, look at Event 201 and Johns Hopkins and how people pretty much predicted this is happening as predicted what i'm fascinated by are the number of people who loved it who felt alive
0: yeah. okay who are yes, ready that to was jump weird.
2: back into it again yes. oh and they love it and, well, not only I, and that, they, he... yes so yeah, that's a great that point a long, i, I that was
0: astonishing to me but, yes. astonishing to me the people that oh. the people that loved it and the people that loved telling those people how to live moment to moment yes. mark what is what is that is that a personality problem or is that a cognitive problem
3: well i, I it's a it's a much bigger than a, an individual brain problem I, I could have fallen into it if i had you could have any of us are susceptible to these exact same forces um luckily is either through luck I, I've always wanted to be aloof as a scientist I move from field to field so i've always even written to my students little ways of remaining socially aloof so that you're not uh, stuck in that same conference community where you make fun of all of the other communities. You really want to be aloof. And I think that protected me politically. And I was never really left or right. I was always classical liberal. So, but if I had been in the wrong place, if I'd been sitting in academia and sitting in the stew of all of that, I would have been just as much potentially uh, swept through. And then once I really believe that it's super dangerous, disproportionately, sorry, disproportionately da- dangerous, utterly novel, in which case all of these kinds of beliefs wipe their priors clean right so we have all this prior information about respiratory viruses but suddenly none of that prior information uh could be used and so it takes years to build up in some sense the kind of uh common sense that we would have started with all of that was ruined by virtue of this and it, i was susceptible in principle but luckily i escaped it as did, did many <laughs> go
0: ahead lionel
2: you know when, when i i i was here on uh 9 11 and uh, that tuesday morning and that was my red pill moment, because I could go outside and say, what I'm seeing on TV is not what I'm seeing here. That's when I realized, oh, my God. And nobody's asking any questions. It may be two quick examples. During 9-11, we were told that at a hospital not right, not far from us, that they had refrigerated trucks, reefers. They had actual tractor trailers ready to, to stack the bodies like cords of wood. Bodies this was COVID. This was a overflow. COVID story. COVID. No, this was a Saturday yeah. in New York. No, of course. Yes, it was a COVID. Anyway. So yeah. to make a long story short, we we went there. We went. There's no there was no truck. And I'm thinking I well, people from the news. I'm saying Dan down the street you know they said at the Javits Center. What?
0: Yeah, they, they did. Yes. There was one hospital that called some trucks in, and, and we actually have done some investigation into that. And there was a reason they had done that. That is because they had shut down the mortuaries in the lockdown. So you couldn't
2: take no, the bodies saying, out as
0: you normally would.
2: With all due respect, I'm talking about this one hospital where they said the trucks are now, I went over, yep. there's no trucks. Yeah, yeah. So they imagined uh. that. Then we had the comfort, we could look out the window literally in the Hudson River, remember the comfort? This, you know, yep. it sailed up and people were, nobody went on it, there were three the people, they were the mostly Marines cross. doing PT. Yep. Yes, then down the street at the Javits Center, we were told then that you could not get in. I walked down literally within minutes from this and nothing was happening. So not only, not only are we demented, but you've got apparently the news media, the sheeple wow. sock puppet media who are apparently yeah. Yeah either repeating and not reporting. So there's this wonderful confluence of the story. They even told us that they were gonna dig ditches in Central Park to bury the dead. I mean, people were panicked. And and at seven o'clock, like a barking seal, we opened the window with pans. And I'm thinking, what are this? I feel like the little toy thing, it was to me, absolutely beautiful. I will never forget this. And whenever talk, whenever anybody says, how did genocide occur? Why the people in Europe look the other way? I saw it front and center because we are lemmings. We have no backbones. We're spineless. We are, look at what we believe in terms of religion and superstition and stupid vitamins. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get
1: to, that.
0: We're gonna get to all that. get to all that effect. In like, I don't know, but, I'm not but sure. They, <laughs> But Mark uh, Lionel's uh, dramatic way of describing this, I think, is actually a reflection of an accurate reflection of sort of what went down, and uh, it it was an extraordinary experience to watch. But the the media does (laughs) uh, have a big, a big role to play in this. For me, the bottom, so to speak. You know, hitting bottom for me was the New York Times editorial board demanding lockdown. Why were they even in the conversation? A bunch of editorialists from the New York Times telling medical policy to public health officials, and 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 uh, Lionel mentioned event two hundred one, which I think was just a coincidence, because event two hundred one was was really well. Let's see what Mark says, but it was. But I'll tell you this, (laughs) what what I did learn about event 201 was there was this entire world of pandemic ink preparing itself for uh, the next pandemic. I mean, they did nothing with H1N1. I got H1N1. That was a terrible illness. It killed 300,000 people. And suddenly we went from an illness that killed hundreds of thousands to one that killed a million. And we have to have a a massively disproportionate response, like orders and orders and orders of magnitude worse response.
3: Right. And the three hundred thousand right. was the age distribution, yeah. was much younger, by the way. Um so correct. That is correct. Under- representing that's, it. Yeah.
0: And I'm
2: the skeptic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But that that's true. But but my question is really sort of what is the role that is there a responsibility that we need to lay at the feet of the press who are clearly in the hysteria, maybe more than anybody, and who were were capitalizing on it. They were capturing eyes and getting attention, which is their job. It, it, and finally, I, I had another sort of cognitive psychology question off of that in terms of how people got so distorted in their, well, I lost it. But what do you say about media's responsibility in this, Mark?
3: I mean, there's so many people that are responsible uh, that it's difficult. The problem with uh, crimes against humanity, democides, genocides, and these kinds of collective hysterias is that you know you, even after World War II and you uh, and the, the the they only hung like a dozen folks amongst the Nazis. I mean, uh, it is so distributed now. Uh, and the other thing about the media is they're always like this. We know that they're clickbaiting. So it's like compared to their earlier behavior, they're acting just as irresponsibly as they always do. So it's you know yeah you can get angry at them, but you know so, so they're of course a, a huge part of the problem. Ah, uh, public policy uh, folks, the supposed experts, politicians, of course, hold the the largest uh, amount of responsibility because that's their job to not panic uh, and not just follow the mobs when they're screaming go- to go uh, to violate civil liberties and mask. Certainly,
0: I hold. Mark, but Mark, that, that was my question, though. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me. I remember now my two questions. one was? Event two hundred one, which is now an army of professionals whose whole world is about being prepared for a pandemic. That that right. phenomenon so, of right. being a hammer waiting for a nail. Talk to right. me about that. I call that. them
3: spring-loaded mechanisms, just waiting to spring load. And it's not just pandemics. You know, I, I'm as a scientist, I've been invited to this world, this military-industrial complex of conferences that they have all over the world, where they bring in these folks, and they're always looking for. You know, they're they're there because the people want to apply for grants, and they're somehow connected to the grant mm-hmm. process. So, so. They're just any possible weird thing that can go wrong. There's these conferences about and pandemics are, are one of them. And invariably, those entire communities are, uh, are are authoritarian. And you can listen to the entire event to a one. Uh, and it's in my way of describing it. It's a bunch of academic blowhards who have no conception for civil liberties and believe censorship, controlling misinformation and disinformation. All of these are perfectly obvious things to do. Uh, and in fact, they're the most dangerous things to do. So these things were all there. They're not because they were planning. You know, some people use this as evidence. Oh, they planned the p- pandemic. No, it's but they were planning authoritarian uh, measures to be spring loaded to help us, right? And they really thought it was going to help us. But all of these uh, measures are stuff that only hurt, and uh, none of it slowed the pandemic and only caused excess deaths, economic harm, and uh, uh, lots. And yeah, let me just mention. There's two different kinds of categories of anger I have concerning this. The first is all of these <laughs> utilitarian justified uh, interventions, lockdowns, shutdowns, school closures, masks, um, vaccine mandates, and so forth. And you can be angry about that. And I'm a libertarian, so I'm very angry about all of it. But But even as a utilitarian, I could maybe say, okay, fine, maybe you thought that. And, but when the state started to coordinate with with um, uh, big tech media to censor Mm -hmm. the opposing voices that's another level Mm -hmm. now the analogy that i like to give Mm -hmm. you is that suppose me as a scientist and there's an opposing science lab and i've had this one view in this field and he he or she's had this other view and for years we're going back and publishing these things and it it could turn out one of us is wrong and we lose reputation because we kind of were saying the wrong thing for a long time but imagine instead that this other lab goes around burning the other labs to the ground, right? Burning the other mm-hmm. labs to the ground. This is completely breaking and violating the rules in some sense. They ensured that there was no uh, a critique, ethical critiques or empirical critiques of their utilitarian measures. The, the science really was going and burning, and, and worse than just burning the voices, they didn't just censor the voices, they um, did something much worse. They memory hold us because when you're suspended, as thousands of us, I was uh, censored for two years, treated as sensitive content. Nobody could see what I was post- posting on Twitter. Um, it just says, This is sensitive content. This is sensitive content. Many of, and I was permanently suspended uh, for a while and I managed to get back in, but I still under this, this sort of a, a stamp of disapproval many of, of many smarter people than me, that were leaders in the community, permanently suspended for a couple years, many have been brought back from, from by Elon Musk. When you are permanently suspended, it's not just violating your speech. Anybody that mentioned your speech, anybody that quoted your speech, they're, they're not saying it, they're not making the claims that you're making, right? This is a use mention distinction in linguistics. They're not using the speech, they're mentioning somebody else's speech. All of that, everybody that had mentioned your speech with quote tweets, or retweets or commenting upon it, all of those things were wiped clean when the person was permanently suspended. They all disappear. I can go through my threads where I've linked to all of these other people because they're making similar points, let's say about excess deaths and they've got nice data. I go through these old threads and it just links to nothing. This person doesn't exist before. I have no idea what they said. I can't even have the information about what they said. I can't mention what they said, right? Memory holing is a deeply dangerous and damaging, very dystopian, Uh, And this is one danger of the internet, by the way, altogether, one advantage of physical books, physical books, physical magazines, physical newspapers are inherently decentralized in physical space, distributed across the world with no centralized um, person that knows where they are, and they can't be memory hold. So that's one of the more scary things that happened and yeah it's my it is, anger it is
0: a uh, very
1: high it, it that's the, why you can write you should write books drew
0: it is, well it is the book burning it, it's the modern version of a book burnings uh, and and then imprisoning the authors i mean that's really what that is right but, You've but seen this, this would be many, this
3: would be worse somebody else who was quoting somebody from that book look you know you can't yeah. if you had quoted some those things would suddenly go poof and disappear all of their yeah. arrows point to somebody else. they might not even yeah. like that speech but they were quoting it those disappear too right
0: and you mentioned the uh, back and forth uh, in the in the way science is done. I noticed in in the medical journals it all started going about 2 years ago one way. So I knew there was something going wrong with the editorial process cuz medical information never I mean we are still arguing about statins and SSRIs and things that have been sort of standard of care for 25 years we still argue in the literature. They all went one direction, and it wasn't until about two weeks ago the Annals of Internal Medicine broke it. I, I keep promoting them because they broke it. They started. They started talking about early treatment. They started talking about actual vaccine studies we should be doing, and uh, God bless them. That's told me something was changing. But the the other thing, uh, when we got to take a break, when we get back. All right. When we get back, I want to talk about two things. We're going to talk about the whistleblower that uh, claims to have all sorts of special insights into UFOs and what might be going on there. And I want to sort of wrap up this conversation with the World Health Organization and its new digital passport and its new usurpation of all sovereignty of all nations. (laughs) They will be the sole sovereign force in the world uh, in, in in, in situations that... They deem it necessary for them to be that sovereign force. I can't believe we're we live in a world where that's the case. And uh, one last thing, uh, just a quick story. Um, you know, back to you mentioned a few minutes ago the you know prison guard behavior and uh, you know a whole society developing and taking up uh, you know horrible uh, ideas. For me, I I watched it happen individually to certain people in ways that literally shined the light for me on how these things happen uh, to individuals. I was trying to get in my own hospital, and a security guard, young man, clearly uh, recently recruited, was there, wouldn't let me in the hospital. And then when I came in, I was trying to get the vaccine at the time. I was trying to get vaccinated, and he started screaming at me, where are your papers? Any regrets? Where are your papers? And I thought, oh, I looked at the guy. I thought, did you, I just thought, A, this, how you speak to a senior physician. I've been working in this hospital for almost 40 years, number one. Number two, do you like this? this how you like to behave? You enjoy just railing on people for their papers just because it's your whim that you are under. And you give people power like that, and it gets crazy. Lionel, you seem to really be desirous of making a comment here. Go ahead.
2: Any regrets about the vaccine?
0: Uh, I didn't get it. I got COVID instead. I got COVID running around the hospital because they wouldn't give me the vaccine because at that time, the vaccine was being being distributed with equity, Mm -hmm. and I didn't meet the equity criteria. I was not, even though I was treating COVID patients. Hold on. I was treating COVID patients. I was... Hold on. I'll tell you. I was treating COVID patients. I was a hospital staff physician for 40 years there, but I wasn't the equity distribution that was considered necessary at that moment. I, I We can go into whether that was right or wrong. But when I got COVID, I, I actually had my immunity measured with a very sophisticated test. So I was actually documenting that my immunity was insanely high but we were traveling to Europe, and in order to do so, I needed a passport. I needed a vaccine passport. So I took the Johnson & Johnson vaccine because I didn't want to take two uh, vaccines. I, I knew I would have a reaction. I had a horrible reaction. Woke up with that in the morning—a spontaneous black eye, which is the symptom of transverse sinus thrombosis, which is the dreaded complication of the J&J vaccine. Now, fortunately, I had no other neurological symptoms, so I didn't have. Doesn't seem that I have the stroke but and all the, the other things that go with that. But I did not take the mRNA vaccine, but I still had a terrible reaction because that spike protein is bad. It's bad news. I'm telling you, whether you get it from COVID or the vaccine, it's bad. And the, the problem in the vaccine is- How many people do you know who have this?
2: Are we going to get to the reality of this? I'm just I'm just curious. This is because we're, we're- What do you mean by that?
0: What do you mean? Careful. What do you mean? Go well, ahead. What do you let's mean? Let's get Go on ahead. the
2: brass tacks. Let me ask you a question. This thing's going to come back again, all right? It's going to be COVID-3, COVID-9, COVID-whatever, monkeypox, whatever it is. And they're going to ask you, Dr. Drew, do I take a vaccine? Because I'm hearing stuff, and I'm not a physician, and you are. I'm hearing about everything from you name it, from myocarditis to clots. Everybody's dying. So what happens when they tell me again? And the next Dr. Fauci comes along, and the next uh, 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 come along, what are we supposed okay. to do? Whom I'll do we answer. believe? Because let me tell you something. I, you're, I, I let will... me finish, because I haven't said a damn word the whole time here. Your I profession know. Know. let me down like you can't believe. Yes, Your medical did. profession oh, me was a bunch of spineless, atesticular lemmings who, didn't, who worried Some. so much about losing their insurance. So the next time you people tell me anything, whatever it is, I'm not listening. Because I don't believe you. You sold out.
0: One of the, it's one of the major major liabilities of this uh, whole pandemic. We we the behavior was reprehensible, particularly in the the telling people to go home and come back when they were uh, desaturating. That was unbelievable to me. And yes, there was behavior. People were afraid of losing their job, not just their insurance, their mm-hmm. job. And I didn't realize how many were employees. That's a really serious problem. But back to what I would do, I would do the same thing I'm doing now. Is I would I would be very cautious. I would uh, proceed very slow. I would only advise people where I could, well, for instance, I can see very clearly that there's significant benefits to the vaccine in the very elderly people over the age of 75. So I, when I could see that benefit, I think I understood the risk and I could see the benefit. Mm -hmm. So I started doing it and my clinical experience fit that it helped a lot of people and no one had terrible reactions. When I'm asked by a 30 year old what to do, I don't see the benefit and I'm not clear how profound the risks are. So I cannot but do But the
2: next time a good there's risk gonna reward be another analysis. one. What about the booster? Now wait a minute. What about the booster? There's gonna day. be there's gonna be yeah. another one. That's right. There's gonna be another Fauci, and they're gonna tell you, they're gonna say, But this is different. You don't know what's going on. And then you're gonna have a bunch of people who are gonna be like a bunch of lemmings sitting in their Facebook like, Look, look, art, 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 look at this. And you are gonna be they're, they're going to throttle you and all of your success and all of your millions and your manses and everything are going to go out the door. And they're going to tell you, listen, Drew, you got one of two choices. You can do the right thing and speak your conscience or you can come on board and say what everybody wants you to say. Do the right thing. And listen, Maybe- when, when, when you're up.
0: Yeah, maybe you've yeah. been watching what happened to me the last yeah. couple, a couple of years. Maybe you haven't seen what yeah. happened I by, by speaking my mind. I mean, you're describing what happened to me, and so uh, so I, I understand the the weight of living, you know, standing by your judgment. My I had a very similar experience
2: to Mark. You have and, no uh, idea. And let me also say something. We have the Supreme Court case from 1905, Jacobson against Massachusetts, which is archaic. Dred Scott is more up to date than this. And the Supreme Court, I hope and I pray, deal with the actual evidence about and dealing with this thing called biomedical tyranny and biomedical martial mm. law. And do I have mm. the right of a variety of reasons? Because let me tell you something. They were giving us, remember Terrible. remember, people were expecting like, bring out your dead. They were talking about the Spanish flu. Now, I saw when we look back at this, there were a bunch of people who didn't know what they were doing. Many of them said, look, I'm a doctor. This is what they tell me to do. I got it. I understand it. But there were other people who knew exactly what was going on. Let me tell you something also. This was a beta test. A beta test for a draconian society you cannot even believe. You can't. You don't know what's going to happen next. And China is going to look like Disney World compared to what we're going to see. You're going to see social credit scores upon social credit scores. You're going to be tagged and you're going to be zapped and you're going to be RFID chipped. And people are going to be lined up because they love it. Tag me, tag me, mark me, mark of the beast. They love this. Where they actually had people wearing two masks, kids walking around, I delayed, kids who haven't blinked outdoors. in four years, who are walking yeah. around, and yeah, parents. And we, and we, by the way, we still live in a world where now you're telling men that they can have periods. And what is your profession doing? Nothing. Ah, Nothing, obstetricians, pediatric, you are the biggest bunch of quizlings I've ever met. I mean, I I don't understand this. You've got some of the most most reputable hospitals, uh, uh, mutilating children, orchiectomies, uh, mastectomies, because little Johnny, who doesn't even know what his favorite color is, says, you know, I feel like a girl, and off he goes. And what are you people saying? Nothing, you're walking around with your pride flags. This is, this is insane. I pray right, artificial intelligence takes over. Please, somebody, somebody. Some intelligence. Some <laughs> intelligence. In. So, so, okay. So, My uh, God. I just got
0: Quizzling. quizzling
2: I totally means, agree with him. Sorry.
1: I know.
0: I, believe me, Lionel, you, you, Susan, and you mentioned China. She's all in. So, Quizzling, Quizzling, trader or collaborator, one or the other. It's interesting. But listen, I have to take a break. Uh, I want to get into the. I knew
2: he had something to th- say. This,
0: I think, I'm going to go right into the uh, whistleblower thing. Been here for thing. 20
2: minutes listening to this theoretical. I, I know well, you're gonna, like you well, said. I'm the,
0: exactly. I'm the host. I'm the host. You you can come back, Lionel, sometime. But then, as, you, as you mentioned, I'm the host. But but I I do want to get into this uh, this UFO thing, and then maybe we'll swing back around to the World Health Organization. So we have to, we have to take a break. We have- <laughs> <laughs> if you guys are patient enough to bear with me I, i'm going to get go, a
1: cookie
0: i'm willing to go well beyond the the uh time limit and keep you know keep talking about these things. these are great conversations i think and uh we'll be right back after this i suspect you've seen susan and i gushing over paleo valley products we love the taste and how well they fit into a paleo-based nutrition regimen they're delicious and we use them for travel all the time but there is more we are huge fans as well of paleo valley's grass-fed bone broth protein It comes in three flavors, unflavored, vanilla and chocolate. It's a powder you can add to really anything. We add it to coffee literally every day. Smoothies, baked dishes, just hot water, dissolves really easily. The bone broth protein is made with 100% grass-fed and finished bones that are free from pesticides or antibiotics. And a slow simmer to extract as much collagen as possible as we age collagen breaks down that's what wrinkles are and research shows that there are significant benefits to adding a collagen source in your diet i don't think it's too much to say it's changed our lives and susan is now reporting that after drinking the bone broth for a few weeks her hair is stronger and longer, and nails are stronger, too. Try it for yourself. You can order at drdrew.com paleovalley and use Dr. Drew at checkout to save an additional 15%. A lot of you have been asking for more information about how to counter the adverse effects of the spike protein from COVID infections and the COVID vaccine. The spike protein is not your friend. Let's just say that. So I'm glad we have the wellness company spike support formula as a sponsor. <laughs> especially since renowned internist and cardiologist, Dr. Peter McCullough, who's also chief scientific officer of the wellness company, is one of its champions. There's some very intriguing research around natokinase, which might be a way to take on the spike protein. Listen to this.
2: So start, if you would, with talking about natokinase, how you got to that and where you see its application. So with the viral infection or the vaccines, the spike protein stays within the body and it's found in the heart, the brain, the vital organs and is causing problems. The Japanese have been using this for heart and vascular disease now for 20 years. It's safe, it is a form of a mild blood
0: thinner, that it dissolves the spike protein nearly completely. Spike Support Formula is the only product on the market containing natokinase, dandelion root, and a host of other antioxidants, all showing promise in helping you protect yourself and your family. To order this unique, specially formulated supplement, go to drdrew.com slash TWC that is drdrew.com slash TWC. Use code DREW at checkout for 10% off today. President Trump recently issued a warning from his Mar a Lago home Quote, Our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be our greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. There are three reasons the central banks are dumping the US dollar inflation, deficit, spending, and our insurmountable national debt. The fact is, there is one asset that has withstood famine, wars, political and economic upheaval dating back to biblical times, gold. And you can own it in a tax shelter retirement account with the help of Birch Gold. That's right, Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k, maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Just visit birchgold.com slash drew for your free info kit. They'll hold your hand through the entire process. Think about this. When currencies fail, gold is a safe haven. How much more time does the dollar have? Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. I do not give financial advice, and previous performance is no guarantee of future performance. Visit birchgold.com slash drew to get your free info kit on gold. That is B-I-R-C-H-D-O-L-D dot com slash D-R-E-W. We are back with our friends Lionel and Mark Cengizzi. We, uh, You can follow Mark at uh, YouTube, Mark Changizi, C-H-A-N-G-I-Z-I, and his, uh, you, his uh, website, cengizzi.com. And then Lionel, of course, uh, at Lionel Nation on YouTube and lionelmedia.com. All right, Lionel, I'm going to ask you to be patient again. If if you become truly impatient with the way I'm managing today's show, I can always bring you back. So, if you can you can throw in the towel at one point if you wish, I'm going to put you I'm going to uh, make
1: him the host.
0: Uh, I'm going to uh, put you back in the in the <laughs> waiting room again with me for a second while I talk to Mark again really quickly cuz uh so Mark, uh, one of the extraordinary things about any of these uh, so-called UFO experiences is how characteristically similar they are. It's always extraordinary to me why people that study these things, and anthropology generally, frankly, why they don't say, what is it about the human brain that has it that we do certain things, that certain experiences, certain you know uh, phenomenology uh, tend to prevail and recur? In the case of UFO experience, if you ask that question, you'll quickly come upon something called hypnagogic hallucinations, where people often uh, have these similar experiences where they feel like a lay alien is in the room with them or having sex with them or lying on top of them. And sometimes these hypnagogic hallucinations become quite elaborate, but they're almost always the same. Uh and so we're not allowed to say that. Uh I don't know why, number one. And then number two, I uh, wanna you get your thoughts about the whistleblower per se in this particular case and what you think is going on. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. On the, on the first part, I don't know much about, you know, I've just seen the standard things everybody sees in terms of the kinds of experiences people have. But uh, one of the things that I study is, is, indeed, that's what we find culture or certain kinds of memes will tend to be selected for that tap into certain kinds of natural proclivities. So, for example, writing systems work on us, even though we didn't evolve to read reading is much too recent, but they all work on our brains because they've been selected over time, culturally selected over time to look like the contour conglomerations that happen in natural scenes. So you end up with T's and and L's. And if you work out all the kinds of shapes that happen, some happen commonly in nature, some don't. Over time, culture selects for the stuff that jazzes or makes it easy on the human brain. And over certain kinds of cultural memes will come into being stuff that spreads easily in terms of the kinds of ideas for a, a an uh, alien kind of creature and some of them, some stupid idea of like some putrid mass of, you know, goopy stuff probably won't, you know, be exciting and spread across the community, but certain other ideas will. And so people will tend to have similar kinds of stuff, the same kind of stuff that creates, you know, that it's likely to spread and and, uh, you're going to tell stories about, and it's going to spread further. So I suspect most of those kinds of stories are, are just stories and they're due to the kinds of, such stories that are likely to spread, right? This are kind of a mean cultural evolution. As for the, you know, I don't have any, I have two different kinds of opinions about the likelihood of there being actual alien life here on Earth. And the first is the what's the probability that we're being observed or that somebody's here already, right? And my error bars are on this are basically from zero point zero 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 one, like really almost zero, to 100%, you know, because when you're starting to talk, when you do, start doing the kind of math on the, what are the chances over the last 15 billion years that some other, uh, you know, some intelligent life formed and started spreading and, and exponentially went through? The, it, it's, it's certainly highly plausible that they could be here, right? But I don't know how to put, you know, numbers on these. And so it's highly variable. But what I'm more confident about is that if they are here, they're, they're potentially hundreds of millions of years ahead of us in technology. They're not going to get caught, right? They're not going to get focused finding their crap on the ground that they left behind, you know. And if we, the, the, you know, just even a hundred years here on Earth with the technology that we have blows the minds and it just is, it's perceived as magic by, uh, the, you know, the, the, the lower uh, technological culture. So you can't even wrap your head around what a thousand or ten thousand or a million or hundreds of millions of years would be. So whether they're here, they could well be here monitoring us, uh with lots of technology we can't even imagine but i find it very hard to believe that uh any of us humans have our hands on it much less know that we have our hands on it and know how to use it in any in any way but
0: well, uh, it's interesting that uh, they all land in the United States. Shocking. That's sort of interesting. And they all seem to, you know, land in certain areas. Characteristically, they don't end in, you know, we're, that's always. So to me, it's like uh, I did a life re- a regression analysis, and I was a Civil War soldier. I was a queen. No, you would have been a baby that died in infancy, in all probability. Doing the math, that if you had a previous life, that's what your life would have been. You certainly wouldn't have made it out of childhood, if not not out of infancy. But um, but I'm going to go the other way with your theory about aliens being here. I'm going to say they are here and they are bacterium and viruses and they probably came in on a frickin' asteroid. Probably our mitochondria are, are those aliens. You know what I mean? That we, the reason we have animal cells is this bacteria learned how to get inside the cell, live symbiotically, and we get energy out of it and we can become complex systems. Uh, I, I think they're here, but we want them to be something that is, is a meme rather than something that they're more likely to be, which I mean also it took hundreds of millions of years to evolve like a virus, like a bacterium. Oh, please. That's uh, highly, highly. Okay, Lionel, go ahead, go ahead. Let Lionel <laughs> in on this one, go ahead.
2: I would never want you two as being my lead detectives in a homicide. You would be, to, you see the hypnagogic, you see somnambulistically, the parietal, you see there's a certain recurrence. Yes, and you know what, doctor? Women who were attacked, people who were robbed, people who were stabbed to death, all seem to share the same type of assault penetration. So yes, sometimes horrible things do share. There is this wonderful desire to find the most incredibly you know, this, 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 this labyrinthine idea of the fact that we by biver- virtue, listen, I don't Stop know. Stop with the ad
0: hominem tell argument. Tell us what your thoughts are.
2: I don't know, I'm not telling you, no, 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 but I'm saying, no, but what you're doing is, you're, your ad hominem is you're mocking the, I don't know how many thousands of people, not in this country only, and especially, and I don't know about you, but the people that I've talked about or talked to, Know nothing about the history of, of UFO sightings. They don't know Rendlesham Forest from. They think they know something right. about Roswell. Right. And so they Lionel, let me interrupt. Let me interrupt. Guy. Let me just yes. say,
0: yes. And they have a you human brain. Uh, and human brain over has there, a, but
3: that's all right.
0: And, and human brains have a way of reproducing these same experiences over and over again.
2: Especially when it happens over and over again. You're right. It's called eyes. It's called memory. Yes, and what you're trying to do is it's like people who try to dispute religion. It's like people who who try to find who do not understand that believe it or not. Yes, there are people from outer space who land either because of parallel universes or who knows. Did you know here's something interesting? The Catholic Church of this means of anything, but the Vatican a long time ago said they are completely okay and cool with the idea of there being extraterrestrials. Listen to this one, because mm-hmm. people all, would always want to say, why don't they want to share? Why don't they get out of their spaceship and talk to us? Why don't they get out of President Biden? When was the last time you pulled your car over, went over to an anthill and said, let me talk to you about nuclear fusion. So anyway, they mm-hmm. believed over a period of time that one of the questions is, would these critters not share in original sin would they not need redemption you know what would happen if all of a sudden there is a group of people who not only are god's tr- chosen people but are i mean light years smarter than us and who feel that there's no need for us to talk now let me explain something i do and let, let me give you as a lawyer and as a just a rational person I find it absolutely amazing that there is such a paucity of evidence. Would somebody please show me a good picture? And by the way, there are, believe it or not, but I want somebody to say, to show me a picture that's very, very clear. I've got pictures of every kind of upskirts, downskirts, you name it, go online, there's a picture of everything, but for some reason, there is not a good picture with all of the cameras that we have. I don't understand this, but here is the thing, as a scientist, both of you, you must suspend this immediate reflex to explain away something, b- b- disbelief is wonderful, but sometimes incredible things can happen. And I am telling you right, right now, I've bo- never I seen think, an electron. I, uh,
0: <laughs> we, I think we both agree, and we we are both willing to. to like, like Lionel said, he he goes all the way to a hundred percent on probability of something. But but what I find extraordinary is that when people talk about, when humans talk about. Uh, these things, they they can't get out of their own way. That's why I take the position that it is something like a bacterium or a virus. You several times said people from outer space. No, whatever they are, they're not going to be people. They are not going to be oh, like anything me.
2: humanoid. I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. that we can't really even think of intelligent or not is kind of the interesting question and whatever that have you means. ever heard people sure. have
2: you ever heard people talk about have you ever heard people talk about god or jesus or allah have you ever heard about that before have you ever heard them speak it's really something and they will speak sometimes imprecisely and there were millions and billions of people all over the world who who believe in this now i'll be damned if I'm going to sit here and say that all these people are some some kind of weird kind of a collective, some kind of weird conversion reaction, hysteric, this collective, uh, this societal, the way they're taught and the way, I don't know. There's a part of me that says, I don't know anything. And the last thing I'm going to do is listen to science. And by the way, you know who the biggest con in the world is? Are the professional physicists and astronomers like Neil deGrasse Tyson, Carl Sagan, gatekeepers from the get-go, whose job it is to laugh to make fun, who sit back and say, now why would somebody want to come here? I don't know. Or they have some idea about how long it would take to get here. It would take millions of years traveling at the speed of light. They start off with the premise that everybody's crazy. Have you ever heard about the Rendlesham Forest people? Have you ever heard, looked at the data? Just listen to people, people who've been there. Have you, is there anything, do you think Roswell, for example, the three that we talk about Roswell and 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 Bob Lazar and others, are these, People psychotic delusional. Is there anything to this? Do you think that when somebody talks about anti-gravitic uh, propulsion, do you think they're just making this up? Are they nuts? Do you think that this you, is of orchestrated me? theatrical? Are you are
0: you going yes. to ask me? So here's what I think yes. that was, and if, I won't if that was true, no, that was truly the most important uh, finding in the history of physics. Why the hell are you going to grab Bob Lazar and have him... Be the physicist that evaluates the most important physics finding in history. See what oh, you're we'll doing. just get Bob to do it. See what you're doing? I'll, hang on. I'll tell you See why there is an explanation. You're interrupting me. My explanation is we did a lot of human experimentation by the military back in those days in particular. And my bet is we were trying to look at how our enemies would deconstruct technologies. So you take a couple of smart physicists. You give them impossible. Technologies and you go deconstruct this. They study them and what they do and how they think, and then we obfuscate that in our technology so our enemies cannot figure it out. That that makes perfect so sense. You're to me. Is,
2: so you're saying so that's the reason why so Bob Lazar is a liar. Now I don't I'm not saying I believe in Bob Lazar. Not a liar. People who not super, a liar. He had a he people, was a, was an object who, of
0: experimentation. People who believe he was an in, object of example, a human experiment.
2: Okay, the lords and uh, that sort of thing. It would, it's very interesting. We would say, you, using your theory, isn't it funny that God would pick this strange little peasant in the middle of some Syrian, you know, in order to speak to him? So what I'm doing is... Number one, I'm speaking for God, I'm speaking for the aliens, and I'm creating a construct because I think if they were to announce themselves, or if something of this note were to be discovered, it would be done with more fanfare and more... A more um a panache than some respectable rube in the middle of something I, I don't believe this. Or I'm gonna pull out another an an experiment which was true in order to deconstruct this because what you're saying to me, Doctor Drew is you don't want to believe this. And you're gonna go through every I, I, I want to believe every study. I do. That I you want to believe in, no, you in the
0: don't. No 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 I do. I want to believe in that cesium molecule, particularly that he he said he observed. What I don't believe is that they would pick Bob to study that. That's what I don't now, believe. See, that's, 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 that I, I, stresses the limits of credulity. Let me let me ask a physicist, is, Mark. Do you have a similar Do you have a similar reaction that the, Bob Lazar is I mean, picked off the street of Las Vegas and goes, "We've picked you. This is the most ex- important finding in the history of physics. Have at it, Mark." What do you yeah. say?
3: I mean, the more general point is, I, I, I think understanding understanding human what humans believe is complicated. Humans have lots of biases, uh, psychological biases. There's lists of them that are 100 long. And when you're involved in social groups, the numbers get even longer. Uh, the prior probabilities that is in the absence of any evidence, the prior probability of there being aliens that are 100 million years of ahead, of, ahead of us that are just floating around here and there and people have found their parts is so minuscule that it's you know has probably 8 or 9 zeros in it in my opinion and most people what they are good at thinking about is likelihoods it's like 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 what's the thing that could most does this evidence explain point to this hypothesis yeah it does but this hypothesis is so super 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 rare and you don't know how to wrap your head upon how rare it is Furthermore, there's all of these other kinds of well-known things in psychology and and sociology that explain why humans are likely to think that way. Once you have all of those things in your head, the infinitely simpler explanation in terms of Occam's razor and just saying, look, it's much, much simpler that none of these things are true. And you yourself said there's not a good picture. There's literally upskirt shots of every person on earth from every possible angle. But with all these cameras, there's not one
2: shot and that's but we still haven't seen a picture of a gravitron. What do you think about what the do you think about abductions? Betty and Barney Hill. What do you think about Betty and Barney Hill? people who claim to be abducted. A John um what is his name? Uh, the the uh, Harvard psychiatrist who um oh what is his name? Who who through hypnosis said that he believed that people who came to him were actually abducted, that they weren't lying. Do you think these people are making this up?
0: The parallel economy has empowered us to care for our health, well being, as well as longevity. Likewise for us pet parents who now have a place to go when it comes to keeping the family, dogs, cats, even horses, in the best shape possible. As a dog dad, I'm thrilled to be working with Pet Club 24-7
1: you have two years to live. Oh, boy. Along with the stem cell, I took these. I have been in remission for eight years now.
0: For dogs, mush puppy treats are a fan favorite. Rex, oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> he came right... The list price. That is com P-E-T-C-L-U-B 247, Pet Club 247.
2: And please but don't, 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 you? just, just, just ask, not, not don't give the me the a, a socio. Is, people,
3: be, people need not be always How lying. about it's true? They can be, no, is it well, true? the, well, you, I can add that can as potential true? evidence. It's, it's
0: highly, well, let him answer the question
3: highly doesn't do it justice, right? There's just the level of highly, Can it be true? Uh, should, you say no. Uh, a practi- practically no. Say it. By any reasonable measure, say no.
2: They're lying. They're lying.
3: No, no, no. I said lying. The lying is a willful on. thing. Oh, no, no. Okay. Not I, lying. I, yeah. I know. I not I lying. Know. They're not lying. They could come to believe it, and they could be parts of communities. Like, right. you have you have yeah. uh, lots of social psycho psychosocial diseases, like eating disorders, and a tr- lot of these trans It's things. never happened. These people a truly so believe ever been what they say. They truly believe that they can become well, skeletons, for example, and okay. live that way.
2: People can come to can, have incredibly can, irrational beliefs and truly believe it. Right? Has anybody ever been abducted? Has anybody ever been abducted? As far as you're concerned, can you say no? Never has happened. Never, never. Because they wouldn't come and abduct if, these people, right, Dr. Drew? They wouldn't pick these people. No, no. I mean, didn't look say at that.
0: You didn't say that. Do say you that. think yeah, abductions yeah, ever took place?
2: I didn't
3: say that. <laughs> Un- Do you think abductions no, took place, yes or no? Outside of mathematics, every no is not 100% like it is in mathematics, but... It, Outside of mathematics, it's as strong a no as exists.
0: And let me and <laughs> let me answer. It. Hang I'm on, sure. Lionel. Let me just say that what I don't. What I find very makes me very skeptical about it is how the the experience is exactly the same person to person. It's always the same exact theme or some story. Because things and, happen. Hang on, do it. and. And those same exact experiences are had by my patients who are having hypnagogic hallucinations. Precisely the same. Now, And those come to me and say I wasn't abducted. They're coming and say I have a sleep disturbance, and I make it go away. And it comes back every night. It goes away when I put them on medicine. So So is the medicine preventing aliens from visiting them?
2: For reasons I will never understand, you two fine and very brilliant men cannot bring it upon yourself. Maybe you will be laughed at, at the at the, at the parties in Hollywood, Dr. Drew. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is just something you don't do. But you are adamant in killing any possibility no, from I'm the time adamant. it gets started. You are not going nah. to budge and I listen nah. and I appreciate this, but I think it's interesting how two incredibly brilliant people, men of science, who are here because there were people years ago who never believed in what they were told. The greatest scientists, when Einstein said, you know, I think this guy, uh, I think Mr. Newton's full of it with the gravity thing, I've got another idea. God, thank God for Galileo and Copernicus and others. I'm saying simply this. My answer is very simple. Prove it. But do I rule that out? No. Absolutely. Do I yeah, think all these people are crazy? You can't prove no. a negative, do I think though. all these people? No 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 but i'm saying yeah but but if somebody tells me that they believe it but if somebody believes in god are they crazy because they can't prove god do you think there's something to religion do you think that when somebody says i felt god i believe in the lord and the holy spirit and i believe this and i would die for this and it changed my life do you believe in miracles when somebody says this this happened i am about to i am never going to rule something out i'm not going to start off with the premise you see when mankind wanted to explain the inexplicable, he would sometimes create, no, that, that's nice, and that may be true, but the thing is, sometimes things are so beautiful, they're looking you right in the face, and they're saying, yes, it's as simple as this. This guy was abducted. There's a good possibility. A lot of people weren't. A lot of people say things that aren't true. They're in Washington. I'm lied to all the time. A lot of them by your profession, Dr. Drew. But I'm not about to sit here and just immediately re- remove the possibility of this being there. And, and I think there's something to it. There is when, mo- when millions of people over a long period of time have said identically the same thing, not because they're reciting the same lie. But when something is, is experiential that they believe that actually happened, I give it great weight. I'm not all in. There are very few things I believe in. There are things I believe in I can't explain. I believe in love. I know it sounds like a song. I'm Kenny Loggins. But what I'm saying is I can't prove this through metrics and through brainwave tests. But I believe sometimes these anecdotal uh, observations and experiences that seem to follow a pattern, I believe there's something there to it. That's all.
0: Mark, okay. We'll accept your, your point of view. And, and Mark and I do tend to be more open than you're giving us credit for, I would say. But, <laughs> but, but Mark... Um,
3: Okay. Of course, you're yeah. You
0: know,
3: <laughs> I mean, an open-minded yeah. look. I, I, I don't believe in the consensus. I mean, I'm a scientist with 15, you know, different discoveries where I overturned all this stuff that the scientists were saying. I'm happy. I'm excited but, to make discoveries that stick it, you know, stick it to the to the consensus. I'm super happy about that. That's my life is all about that. But you have to treat every case by uh, virtue of evidence and how evidence and Bayes' theorem and all of these kinds of things that you have to understand to do evidence and evidence justification, uh, change the probabilities over time in the right way, using the right kinds of math. And once you fully understand kind of Occam's razor and and the how induction works and the kind of math of it, um, it changes the way you think. As well as understanding human biases and social bias and let me, and social, yeah. Yeah. And let, like me let me follow.
0: So. I'm gonna fall on the heels in that. You know, uh, Lionel did did uh, mention something that uh, he's brought up a couple times now, which is sort of the behavior of my profession and my peers. And one of the things that came mm. out of the pandemic for me was was how culty we are. We are very culty in terms of how we, you know, very military, very culty in terms of how we think as a group. It's very very much that way. And I I I'd thought that about ten years ago a little bit. I'm thinking, well, why do I do that with the kidney failure patients? I I had certain certain treat- that I was taught, you know, many years ago, that were axioms, and I thought I'm not sure that's the right thing. And then COVID came around, Beaches. and well, boy, and you saw it, you saw it in full, 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 full display. But my question to Mark is, and by the way, both of you, I want you to know that I appreciate you a playing along and having this lively conversation be that you're going beyond the, you've been very kind with your time and I plan to keep abusing it. So please stay with me yeah. because I'm watching the threads here and people are loving this. They're loving, but they're not, they're not loving that we step on each other. And I know there's a little delay here that makes that kind of difficult. Um, But let's kind of watch out for that. But I'm going to go back Roll to Mark. What, what, can you explain what yeah. you think <laughs> is going, well, people are liking this conversation. And, uh, Military. Ex- explain to me, no, each one of Mark, us. what, what do you think from a cognitive psychologist or even a biological standpoint? What do you imagine that whistleblower was? Uh what, what what kind of – is he just a cognitive bias, a positive bias towards his peers and therefore is a little <laughs> bit too open to what's being said to him? I, if you were to evaluate what we, what you think might be going on with that whistleblower, other than that he saw things, which is what Lionel thinks, uh, how would you what, – what, what might you surmise is going well, on? Well,
3: he apparently I, – I, well, I, I don't know it in detail. I, I haven't read in detail. But apparently he hasn't himself seen things. He's heard right. testimony That's from right. many who have. And and again, that's right. sort of stereotypical. These are okay, well, you haven't seen anything, and whenever someone does see something, they're you know these wispy uh, kinds of images that don't seem to, to be much, but they might be captured by multiple modalities uh, uh, you know, of measurement systems. Um, so there's so many uh, you know one of the things that uh, you always have to ha- be open minded to a hundred different ways you can't think of that might explain what's going on. And people often just think, well, I, I've only I've, I've handled all the possibilities. It could only be these three possibilities, and that's it. And so it has to be this. It's an extremely minuscule prior probability idea. But no, there's always tremendous ranges of possibilities that can explain it that you and nobody else have thought of. And this happens in normal life all the time. You're like, no, I mean, the keys were here. There's no way, honey. that it. Had. And then it turns out it's this weird cat had moved it like, and none of you would have thought of that. That happens all the time. And it can be, this is compounded in real situations like this with lots of complexity. Um, the possibilities won't even enter your mind. And uh, so I, I don't know, uh, I, I don't have an answer to exactly what these people were <laughs> right. telling them. Let me, ask, exactly this. What Let me I, ask this. Then. But in, the priors are so
1: in, low, in,
0: yeah. Okay. In terms of the priors, the Bayesian reasoning, and the calculations you were sort of alluding to as it pertains to the probability of life. Elsewhere or even here, um, what kind of assumptions do you load into that? I guess the one assumption is that it's possible
3: well I, I think it's quite possible that they're here observing us you know and may have you know been floating around Earth, so to speak, for the entire time that there's been life on this planet uh, but in, and again, my range of probability for that is minuscule to one hundred percent I don't know what to, how to even bound it, but the idea that um, they're getting caught in anything seems um, completely unreasonable, um, and uh, the, their technology would be. Uh, just imagine that they're just flowing around and just getting caught. Like you, you're not going to be able to wrap your mind around what they're able to do, uh, and it's uh, hubristic to imagine that um, you have an
0: idea of what they're like. Well that's that's the hubris that I keep what? finding, is that we, we keep thinking of them as we keep being, we think of them as what? Little green men. We think of them as people from outer space, this kind of thing. And and, and we and we really well, and they have could no have, concept of what they're looking It
3: could be humanoid, right? Like there's it could be easily it could be conversion evolution, right? They they likely could have forward facing yep. eyes if yep. they had grown up in like you know, like for in environments that needed to see through trees, like yep. they could end up with a lot of similar features. If it was a macroscopic world, yep. similar, they could end up with convergent evolution, just like we find dolphins and sharks and and plesiosaurs, <laughs> which are the dinosaur. They end up with very similar designs, so they could end up with, to be bipedal and and various. But their technology is is going to be millions or hundreds of millions of years in advance. You're not catching them with anything if they don't want to be caught. Um So. A lot of what people are saying, so yeah, I'm open to the idea that it could easily look vaguely bipedal, you know, and, and some of the ways that we are. It could well be the case. Conversion evolution happens all the time.
0: Mark, are you, I mean, not Mark, uh, uh, Lionel, are you uh, familiar
1: <laughs> he's, he's with, the, you guys. with
0: the many worlds interpretation of, uh, of um, quantum mechanics, essentially? What? Are you, are you familiar with that? Quantum mechanics. Are you, are you familiar?
2: You mean Borean? You no, no, boring, boring, oh, uh, yeah. no that, that there is the, can, the can, way.
0: Can I go the, back to, Okay. Well, I just want you to understand something, which is yeah, that, because yeah. this is how open Mark and I would probably be, which is that there is a way of understanding open. Uh, wave wave mechanics such that every single time there is a quantum measurement, the world separates into two. Every time it separates into one where one thing happened, Good another with another God. thing happened. And, the, and there are millions of worlds out there. Are you familiar with the many worlds hypothesis?
2: Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. okay. Now, can okay. I ask you a question? So, we're open. Out of the way? How about go this? Go ahead. You haven't heard this guy talk. So far, he hasn't even. We, we, we think we know what the whistleblower is saying. We, we know what. We're not sure. He hasn't seen anything, and I think he says maybe there might be something that, that is a, a land or whatever it is, and already, without seeing anything, without hearing his testimony, looking at him, I mean, if, if we talk to him, we, we might say to ourselves, this guy's a nut, I have no idea, but already we are, we're talking about a multi-words, Heisenberg, we're talking about maybe Fermi's, uh, the Fermi of the of a conundrum, maybe we'll go into Schrodinger's cat next, why yeah. Why are we yeah. not just being, just listening to what the man says and why he's a, when we're getting whistleblowers left and right, but none of this, if if some, is, is there ever anything, any story that anybody can give you where you would say, you know what, I'm onto that. What you are doing is you are immediately trying your best to destroy the possibility and also creating the idea We'll give an example that they are so beyond our our that they're millions of years that they are so incredibly beyond our intelligence. Another thing, by the way, which which cracks me well, up. So, but you would you, you ever would seen this, that,
3: but let's stop on that. Or are you suggesting yes. that they're maybe just tens of years ahead of us? They're not going to be tens of years ahead of us. For one thing, um, what are the odds? No, that they're not tens 10 of years ahead, of- no, and how right or no, even thousand ten. years ahead of us? They couldn't possibly have gotten okay. here. If they weren't it, it, to get over here time wise, and they're going to have to be already a million years just to get here, wherever they were, and to well, have the technology really. no, to get there, no, they have to be tens no. of thousands probably years ahead. No. Even when they started not this
2: really. process, there's just no, no. way to Lionel imagine. I don't want no them to go through a wormhole. That's how we do. No, 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 no. If you look at Zeta Reticuli, this binary star system, it's about what, what, 30 light years? And you know, the faster you go, the less time it takes, and all this kind of stuff. And the idea is that we're using. Our idea of of rockets and fuel. I'm not getting there yet. But what I'm saying is, let, let me just throw something in. Th- what what you're doing is what other people do. There's a fellow named Oh Pro- Project Disclosure. What is his name? He's a uh, he always has this idea that these these critters are nice and that they want to tell us and that they came in 1940. Uh, they're just like you, but in reverse. They have this idea that, you see, in 1947, at the time of the of the detonation of the atom bomb, they wanted to come here to tell us, please, you're going to destroy the world. And that's why right around 1947, we saw Roswell and Hollywood and, and all that. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. Why are these people necessarily nice? You're this, this Disney version of this. Most of the time, in cases who are superior, and I would venture to say, I would put my money in them being superior to us. Most of the time, a superior creature does not treat too kindly the people who are not so intelligent. And that's what we do by domestication and all kinds of experimentation. So what I'm saying is, it's the same thing you're doing, but in reverse. Before anybody has heard the whistleblower, before anybody said, Philip Corso was one who he wrote Day After Roswell. I don't know if his story was correct, but he said he swore he saw things. He said he saw them. Okay. Prove it, but I am not going to necessarily come up with these theories before I know anything. And you know, by the way, you see this news nation, or whoever's doing this? Anybody who even remotely pretends to believe this guy is forever gonna be blackballed from the news organization. You cannot believe this. Michio Kaku, by the way, is about as close to in the media who has even been allowed to think that there might be something to this? There is a bias against this, and by the way, why do you think that is? Let me ask you a question: Why do you there's think a there is a, that the idea
3: there's a bias against it because extraordinary hypotheses, and this is more extraordinary than any hypothesis you've ever heard of, require extraordinary, extraordinary evidence. But- there is nowhere in the smell of this that there's anything like extraordinary evidence. All there there, there may be well be cover-ups in terms of bullcrap programs that they had running that had been covered up and, and lots of you know spinning wheels upon wheels that were trying to look like they were up to something or found something to make China or Russia worry. And who okay, knows what kinds of layers and layers of stuff. But that
2: doesn't answer no simple There's any evidence
3: of interest, much less extraordinary simple.
2: That's why. Very simple question. Who would be more interested? Let's assume this to be true. Assume, arguendo, this is true. Who would be more interested in trying to quash, quash this particular information? Would it be the military? Would it be uh, private industry? Would it be religion? Would it be politics? Who is is who? Uh, who is behind this poo-pooing, and I'm not gonna mention any names, Drew, but who, who do you think is, is responsible for trying to, to quash this from the beginning? Do, what would happen if, let me give you a question. Let me give you a point. Let's take this wonderful blue little dot here, this, this thing that floats around, and let's assume that one of these days, somebody comes along and they say, guess what? There's this thing from someplace else. And all of a sudden, we start losing this sense of nationalistic separation. We start not talking anymore like Americans and Palestinians and Israelis. We're talking more like earthlings. And that would put a real damper on a lot of stuff. That's one thing. Number two, what do you think would happen to the petroleum world, to the uh, oil-based nations, if all of a sudden somebody said, you know what, we do have another way to propel around here. And it's a lot cheaper. You think that might have a problem do you what 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 are some of the the indices of bias that might be responsible for this because i'm telling you what i find more interesting is that if i were to say something about religion nobody questions me at all even though stories i hate to say it some of the stories in the bible that i've heard many of them not all of them are preposterous but they are accepted as faith. bill maher now if i turn around and say well well here's 10 people don't ever ever compare me with that B don't ever put me in the same sentence don't ever put me in the same paragraph I'm just paragraph saying in terms of re- questioning religion cretin.
0: questioning religion
2: He is he's a, a cretin of mine, so I he's I dig religion. stuff out of my ear oh you've got a, he, he is the biggest <laughs> phony who has ever walked
0: I disagree me, I disagree week, he's so a strongly
2: he is trying everything. He doesn't know what he wants to believe. Remember his religion right, when enough he was just mocking go, finish, religion? Finish your point. Fin-
0: yeah, finish your point.
2: Finish your point. What I'm saying is, why is there such a bias against this, but there's no such bias against religion? There, why? Well, what is the, the difference?
1: Reason,
3: well, there's a, the one difference is that uh a mature approach to religion is that religions have value not by virtue of the propositions that they make, but by virtue of them also having culturally evolved over long periods of times. And they've evolved to tap into human brains and do things for us. They help your they, they build communities and they create- They, help us, of machines machines they to help us us survive.
0: They literally help us survive. They help humans survive. They have an evolutionary advantage.
3: That's right. Yeah. Engineered by cultural selection over yeah. relatively long periods of time. And they're like little machines that Tap in and help, or sometimes maybe they're negative consequences, but mostly I think they help us. Yeah. This is nothing like that, right? Um, this is all about whether it's true or not. Religion is not about whether it's true or not, and you're missing the point, like Richard Dawkins does, by just saying if the the claims are false and therefore no, no, religion no. is bunk. Totally missing Re- the point. No, no, point.
2: no. Religion. I didn't say this. He put him. No, don't don't compare me to Richard Dawkins either, because he's a he's got this weird Darwin fetish, which is another story. I'm not saying that. What I'm interested in knowing is that stories of Noah's Ark, Adam and Eve, uh, Tower of Babel, uh, no, I mean, it's it's preposterous. And you say religion brings us together? Oh, my God. I've got this thing called history I'm going to talk to you about because you're not going to believe what people have done to each other no, in the he name did of say religion. That. Mar- Mark that's said another that. story. Mark pointed at that. What's interesting, yeah. well, Mark, can, Mark can speak for himself. Look,
3: the, the claim <laughs> I, is that... Uh, uh, just like it's many things in culture, sorry, writing systems, language, music, many of the things in arts and religions themselves have culturally evolved over time to fit and harness human brains. Now, within communities, they can sometimes potentially serve good. But, of course, other communities are evolving their own religions. They might disagree, and like any movements might, and, and have, have wars and so forth. So they are highly designed, not always necessarily for the good. Uh, But they're nevertheless highly designed for human minds. They are part of the cultural artifacts that shape who we are, just like writing and speech does. We are not the human 1.0 biological animals that we sort of evolved to be, where we're a little bit smarter than chimpanzees. We're astronomically smarter than chimpanzees because culture has culturally evolved over time to take the kinds of evolved uh, instincts that we have and turn them into new kinds of powers like reading, and language and uh, the arts and all these different kinds of things which we never evolved to do, but we can do only because of cultural evolution, having shaped them to be, to fit like a glove our minds and transform us into something more. This is a topic of my earlier book, Harnessed, and a book before that, Vision Revolution. Religions are like that as well, but they're very complicated in terms I have a quick of like, question. as a scientist, I try to focus on yeah. simpler things like the shapes of writing. But these things are highly complicated, yeah. and I think that people should have respect for religions because they have evolved culturally over time to tap into human minds, right?
0: Yes, Th- this so, is so one. Here's what, what my question is, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, and it's you know I'm just thinking about Kiki and Boba, and you know you think of those two sounds, and you'll you'll draw a picture, or if I show you pictures, you will point at the picture that humans point at when they hear Kiki and Boba, and that's the language stuff that that uh, Mark is alluding to. But, but Kiki I just always had a question. Boba. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that. I to look up Kiki and Boba, Bobo or Boba, Boba. Oh, I will. Kiki and Boba, Mark. I will. Yeah, It <laughs> do <laughs> doesn't really matter. It doesn't both work, but yeah.
1: Can I say King something King really Burma. ridiculous? Okay. Oh, this should just be, because.
0: Say something ridiculous, Susan. This should be just great. Okay. So, fit right in here.
1: So I worked with a lot of spiritualists who mm. tell us that when you die, you don't die. You go into a spiritual realm and our brains are somehow connected to right. our past this is ancestors. This a different show. This is a new no, show. No, but, but what if. Don't cut her off. You're saying things, but, it's, but what if it's spirit? but you can't prove it because it's it's more mental. No, because like when our you-
0: brains. I, I, here's what Mark and I would agree on, I think, is that if our, our brains are imperfect instruments, they were evolved for very specific things. I mean, things you might that, see and something. And I think even Mark thinks it's less evolved than I do. He thinks it's culture that really brought us along more than our own systems in our brain, but that we can't see all kinds of things. Who knows what we're not seeing? Yeah, there's all, a lot of stuff we're not seeing or understanding. We were evolved to survive in the savannas of Africa, period, and, and that's it. And then we adapted to other environments using culture. Mark, am I overstating this?
3: Yeah, I yes. mean, that's that, that, that's right. I mean We are highly designed for those environments, and we're only designed for the environments today because cultural evolution has changed what it means even to be human. We consider ourselves, we consider language see. and writing to be fundamentally part of our nature. It's not at all. It seems like it's an instinct to do these things, only because culture has shaped them to be good for our brains.
0: So let but me anyway, ask this. Susan, so this is a, a question art. I have. This is really, it's really, i am taking the wind out of this little the road we're going down Nobody very quickly. Because my question. I, the answer is who knows? The I was, I was is we trying don't, We to. only know what we have.
2: I know. Thank hold you. On, hold Lionel, on. We'll let, it, you.
0: It, let me just. me just, let me get to the question I wanted to ask, which is uh, it, it, re- I agree with you The religions seem to have been evolved for adaptive purposes for the human being. Why does it, Deteriorate into child sacrifice and human sacrifice throughout history. If it is an adaptive system, it seems like exactly the most maladaptive kind of kind of manifestation of uh, a meme that it could possibly could possibly imagine. Frankly.
3: Well, look, look, by the way, may I say it's...
2: something?
0: So... No, let Mark answer. Please. Well, just I just, just to answer that.
3: Look. Um, they are highly designed uh, machinery, in some sense, that have been designed for minds across cultures. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're uh, like your eyes and all the body parts and design features on your body are designed to help you and to spread your genes, right? The cultural evolution mm-hmm. stuff isn't necessarily selected for you or even necessarily mm-hmm. for the good of your culture. I think sometimes it could be that it's really designed to pull people together and create kind of community, but... It's not necessarily designed. I mean, they're going to be selected against to the extent that they kill everybody in their own society. That'll be selected against over time. Yes. Yes. But these things. My only point is, I can't claim that they're always good or always bad. But they are highly like you know. You should respect a lion. uh, It may not be good to you. Religions, if you were, you can't just treat them as all bad, like a lot of the Richard Dawkins, Bill Maher types do. These are highly designed machineries that have been selected with with regard to human minds. And sometimes they probably it. do bad things. Sometimes, but you have to treat them as evolved objects that need to be studied. Susan,
2: Agreed. Susan, now may I, I ask have you a question? Su- Su- yeah, Susan. There's a wonderful piece, uh, by the way. You can uh, look this up. Google this. This is a University of Arizona uh, professor Stuart Hameroff and British physicist Sir Roger Penrose believe that there is life after death at the quantum level. Very quickly, the duo says that there's something called orchestrated objective reduction which says that there is a protein-based microtubules, a structure component of human cells that carry quantum information. And these, not exactly uh, the most uh, holy roller types, believe that there is evidence of life after death at a quantum level. Now, of course, I believe that's worth investigating. I, I want to believe in this idea of there never being a cessation of life, whatever it is. I do have a, uh, a thing, though, that nobody will ever get away from is that because we as human beings have always tried to figure out what the heck is going on. And somewhere along the Savannah, as you mentioned a long time ago, there was a guy who heard thunder and saw lightning and said, you know what? Mm -hmm. I think I know what this is. And on that day, on the eighth day man created God. And from that moment on, it just took off. There is something in us. Remember, they talked about the God particle, in the Higgs field mm-hmm. stuff, which I don't mm-hmm. know if that's true. But they have also looked at being able to uh, use electro uh, a transcranial electromagnetic stimulation to create uh, version feelings of, uh, of of profound depth and love and whatever. I'm I'm not ruling out that sometimes these might be a kind of a biochemical a mix of a lot of things but I'm not gonna rule them out and I'm not gonna call say anybody is stupid and I'm not gonna do that especially when virtually everybody on the planet believes in something and it could be everything from the spiritual to whatever it is but aside from this there is something that I'm seeing here, and I want to be very, very kind. This is called mental masturbation, mm. what we're hearing. We, we, we are complicating things, and I love complex. I love it. But sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. And sometimes there is a beauty of just looking at something and not trying to figure out what atavistic, primordial, primeval, what, what you know of structural, cranial, neurological reason is for this. Sometimes there are things that are true. And that we can't really explain them, and 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 whenever mankind who douses themselves and and believes that they're in the world of science, whenever they can't explain something, they will look to something else to try to explain away this this phenomenon, rather than saying, "I don't know. Maybe it's maybe there is, as Susan said, maybe there is something this spiritual elf-like whatever fantasy. I don't know." But I, and, and using Occam's Razor, which I think we've said about a million times, there should be a drinking game for Occam's Razor. But sometimes Occam's Razor said, why don't you just listen to what these people are saying and believe them rather than trying to figure some socio political reason as to why they particularly enunciate this thing? It could be because it's just true and they are experiencing well, it.
0: Well, so t- t- I would say t- two, that two that things be. that maybe three. Um, yeah. Maybe
2: they're just invisible. I'm bracing myself.
0: If, I'm sorry. if if uh, Mark and I just simply believed in things, uh, I, I would have no ability to take care of patients. No, I would have, I would stop nobody's immediately. saying that. Nobody's saying that. It, no, it, it no, would no, immediately no, no, no. stop because I, uh, mm-hmm. I would all. I'm always having to interpret things, uh, and Mark's pursuits would have to stop immediately because <laughs> his job is to try to, uh, as he said, really assail st- standards, assail the the. Uh, the um standards of care or whatever but if you had a patient who was abstaining
2: but but you would not be going to munchausen by proxy or something right away would be before you would say maybe this guy does have abdominal pain maybe he is in pain you wouldn't start off with the premise that you see He's here because it's a hospital and it's a white coat. And sometimes yeah. if he did not have an
0: extraordinary, it did not have an extraordinary claim, of course, I would take it at face value for starters. But if he or she said, I'm Napoleon, I would, I would start to think that's an extraordinary claim. That, and there's course, an explanation for
2: that. But of course, that's absurd. Yes, I understand this. Yes, that's true. And, and what you're saying is, please, do I am not saying that both of you are, are demented. I'm insinuating it greatly. I'm kidding, of course. But I love this idea. I love the fact that we can talk about this because there is a balance, and I think Susan would agree. Yes. The, the essence of this I is finding so. the balance between cl- between clinical, uh, uh, you know, uh, certainty, and also something which I find kind of more interesting to talk about, and that's the idea that maybe things are just a little bit more mysterious and spooky than you ever thought they were. Maybe there are, maybe well, uh, everything I, I, you heard. Maybe it's just in your head, well, but it, it, just it
1: lives.
0: <laughs> but, the, but the point is, you know, uh, <laughs> that even just in your head is a very packed statement. I, I used to mean, do a, a show about that. psychic
1: mediums and but, I had to stop doing it because it made me look crazy. I know what you're saying.
0: But no, not looking crazy. It's uh, The point is, yes, we have, uh, and, and Mark and I are saying the same thing, and Lionel, you're really kind of saying the same thing is we have these very primitive instruments in our skull. They are, they, they miss most things. We, we, we can't even get, we don't even know Isn't what it color great? is. You know, we, Isn't yeah, it great? I do think it's great. If it, it, it wasn't for that primitive thing, yes. think
2: about it. We're, there are people right now listening to us, people who are shut-ins, people who are deprived of any kind of social connection, who actually find this interesting. Don't you want to know who they are? Don't you want to know who they are? Find where they live yes, and lock them in, and make sure they I don't do. drive or have sharp. I, I, lock them in. There are people no, no, right no. Now watching, saying, well, well, this, I, I, we this. I don't know
0: what they're. This, this. Is where <laughs> we started <laughs> I with. I with- And, and yeah. go ahead, Mark.
3: I was going to say go ahead, I agree Mark. with with, with Drew here, like, Lionel. I think there's this. There's you probably don't disagree in the manner in which you come to to your conclusions. I think is similar kinds of principles, except. You you agreed that the case of his patient saying that his that is his patient saying hey I'm Napoleon that's definitely you know crazy right that's just because your normal intuitions can tell what the, how low of a prior probability that is my claim would be that there are other cases where Dr Drew would have intuitions about the prior probability of some disease it doesn't sound as crazy as that but he can tell it's still a point oh one you and it's a good point I would have no Mark idea my claim though for for and Mark, people that and, and, don't understand these kinds of psychosocial things will give uh, uh, a 10 to the 6, you know, million times higher probability on some of these hypotheses because they don't have the suite of knowledge in that field to realize how rare is, that probability is. And so they're just, they're just they've just inflated really a- that. And so they think it's not an
2: extraordinary yeah.
3: hypothesis at all. And yeah. this is where really we're right. our evolution right. stage.
2: Right? I know if, if somebody came to you, Dr. Drew, yeah. and somebody said, a man, if Dick Butkus mm-hmm. came in and said, I'm pregnant, I'm, I'm into menarche, I'm into, uh, I'm, I'm in men- I've, I've got dysmenorrhea, I think I'm, I have an ectopic pregnancy. At any other time, you would say, Mr. Butkus, you're out of your mind. You're a man and you're beyond, different. and there's a dog barking. But aside from that, but today, we live in a world where you cannot necessarily eliminate that as a possibility. Think about that. If you do, right. if yeah. you were the same people, by the way, that brought us a lot of the the uh, immunological variations of lunacy. But anyway, there are people today who would say, no, wait a minute. There is no such thing that a man cannot get pregnant. This is where we are. Just think about this. Stop for a second. There are people in hospitals, some of the most prestigious teaching hospitals, you name it, who are saying, okay, all right. Well, let me wrap you. By the way, the man who says he's Napoleon, you're crazy. But you, Mr. Butkus, we're going to do a sonogram. We're going to see how far along you are. When did you have your last period? This is how demented we are in this world. This, this Uh, is- I would argue
0: that, we've gone well beyond that. We've gone, and I I would argue that we're at the point where all objectivity is devalued and subjectivity is elevated to the highest extreme. Therefore, my patient who says, I'm living my best life, dying of heroin addiction on the street is accepted at face value. Much the way the guy who says he's Napoleon, if that's how he wants to live his life, he's living his best life as Napoleon. He because subjectively that's his reality. Therefore, that is so, and that is the world we live in, and that harms human beings and it kills them. And it actually, I, my patients hear, are right hand over fist because of that foolishness. So we're gonna leave it at that. You guys have been great. Our audience was very entertained by all this. I have one last question for Mark, maybe because just because I'm curious, I have these things I think about that cognitive sciences can help me with, which is why the hell is it that things that go viral, at least in my world, whenever whenever something about me goes viral, it is never what I said, because what I said is probably boring. It's always what somebody said I said, or what some reporter said I said. That's always what goes viral. Is that just true for me, or is that kind of some feature of the memes on social media?
3: Yeah, that's a, I, I don't have a, a offhand answer, but just just off the cuff, it could be that it's just exciting to pass on rumors from somebody else about you rather than you, what you're saying. That's just sort of like, I'm, I'm just trying to raise Dr. Drew. It's much more fun to, to pass on something bullcrap that other people are saying about
2: you. That's just inherently yeah. naughty.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: May rumors. Ask, that's a whole other I topic
0: answered- we can get into. Go ahead. Yes, Lionel.
2: May I, as a trial lawyer, tell you in the rules of evidence, one of the reasons why we have this rule against hearsay, hearsay is defined as an out-of-court mm-hmm. statement that is offered to prove the truth of the matter asserted. And the reason why courts hate hearsay is because, number one, it's not out-of-court statement. It wasn't under oath. And number two, we lack demeanor evidence. So you, you can say something. So whenever somebody repeats something by virtue, it's almost like Heisenberg or something. If you, whenever you repeat something, not only am I not getting it right, but I don't get the context. It's, it's impossible to yeah. say it exactly yes. how you meant it and what you meant to say. And there are some exceptions, for example, by the way, if you're screaming, oh my God, he's dead, that one will take it, <laughs> that will listen to it. That, that sounds yes. good. Yes. And, but there's something that's interesting. The greatest thing, this social media, this this device, and one of the greatest social media, greatest oxymoronic terms ever, even though it's a medium, is this will be the end the end of civilization perhaps artificial intelligence next but what this has done in order to create this hyper metastatic narcissism and people who live and dr drew you will know this more people who live in their world where do you live la no i'm in instagram i live in instagram and nothing exists unless i document it unless i see it we could go on and on but but to answer your question we don't like people saying what somebody else said in court. Even yeah. if you said it, even yeah. if you repeat what you said.
0: And, and like you said, social media is an oxymoron. That's why I like the French, the French uh, version, which is riso socio, which is social rivers, social tributaries. It's very interesting It actually of, means of, the uh, cattle framework. are
2: dying in French. <laughs> so there we are
0: oh, so listen you guys we, there's a lot of ways this conversation could have gone i hope this was satisfying for everybody thanks
1: for the reference we, i'm gonna look when that guy fun. Up.
0: we could have i yeah i just saw them they're, they're they have a bunch of videos out there yeah um But there's there's a lot more we could all get into, and I still want to get into. You know, this conversation went a certain way, and you know, we we could just drill in further just on the lockdowns and the masks and spend a couple hours. Oh, we didn't talk
1: about the who, but next time.
0: And the World Health Organization, we we all sort of looked at. I I I headlined it. We We all all agreed to
1: exitthewho.com. So
0: you know, where the World Health Organization takes sovereignty over uh, elected sovereign officials and, and decides when they take that sovereignty and how and what they do with it. That is an insanity. People have to become aware of and make sure that does not happen. But be that as it may, gentlemen, you've been very, very, very kind with your time and with your thoughts, and I appreciate it, and I hope you'll both come back. I'd love to have you back soon.
3: That was great. Thanks Thank for you.
2: me.
0: Thank you guys, and for everyone else, uh, we will see you tomorrow at two o'clock. Joseph Latipo, uh, the Surgeon General with Dr. Kelly from state of Florida. Mark Morano, we've got uh, coming in, uh, Dr. Rent, uh, Tom Rents coming in, returning to, to give us more information about counter espionage and viruses which is I think what's coming up there. A lot of guests are brewing, and so we have TBD up there because a lot of people flying around. And and, uh, these two guys I plan to bring back in pretty soon too. So we will see you tomorrow at 3 o'clock Pacific time. Thanks for being here.